WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio proudly presents the Marian Hour with Father Dwight Campbell, spiritual advisor to WSFI and pastor of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and St. Therese in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is Father Dwight Campbell hosting another segment of the Marian Hour in this time of, of grace, uh, well, just before Thanksgiving, the day before this national holiday. I'm pleased to be here with you. Let us begin our Marian Hour today with uh, the beautiful prayer, the Memorare, if you'll join me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, then thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. And we'll pray to uh, St. Catherine of Alexandria. Pray for us. It's our feast day today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so for, for this segment of the Marian Hour, I would like to return to a topic that I was discussing last week about how the Holy Spirit <clears throat> uses the Blessed Virgin Mary to form Christ in souls. A very beautiful teaching, a very important teaching, and <clears throat> actually this teaching which is common throughout the ages in the Church was summarized beautifully by the Second Vatican Council, Chapter 8 of the Dogmatic Constitution on the Church, Lumen Gentium, Chapter 8, the last chapter of that Constitution, deals with the Blessed Virgin Mary, her relationship to Christ and the Church, and uh, that Chapter 8 of Lumen Gentium speaks of how Mary forms Christ in us, and I will uh, read for you um, part of the, the teaching here uh, from Lumen Gentium. Uh, first of all, it, uh, Lumen Gentium speaks of how Mary's motherhood in the order of grace uh, continues now in heaven. It does not cease. Uh, she did not lay aside the saving office, but by her manifold intercession continues to bring us the gifts of eternal salvation. And that is Lumen Gentium 62, and the following number of Lumen Gentium, number 63, speaks of how Jesus is Mary's only son, and um, however, Mary's spiritual motherhood extends 
to all the baptized and then it's it says this and i quote the son whom mary brought forth is he whom god has placed as the firstborn among many brethren that is the faithful in whose generation and formation she cooperates with a mother's love that line i just quoted is is quoted in the catechism of the catholic church actually number 501 in the catechism of how mary both generates and forms christ in us and she does this through a mother's love because she is our spiritual mother in the order of grace she brings to life generates and forms christ in us and another translation of that is also she educates us in in the knowledge of jesus christ so that we can live and think and act like our lord for those who were with us two weeks ago on this topic i was quoting saint louis de monfort from his true devotion to mary in which he speaks of how mary forms christ in us and uh, this week i'd like to quote from another spiritual author a couple of others actually one is archbishop luis martinez he was the archbishop of mexico city mexico um, back uh, in the last century and he wrote a beautiful work called the holy spirit uh, you can get an english translation of this from sophia press it's under the title true devotion to the holy spirit by archbishop luis martinez i'll say that title once again true devotion to the holy spirit and this is archbishop martinez talking about the same theme how mary forms christ in us she generates and, and reproduces christ in us here's what he says how will this mystical reproduction of christ be brought about in our souls because this is the goal of the spiritual life okay we want to reproduce christ be other christs and archbishop martinez answers this question he says in the same way in which jesus was brought into the world the holy spirit conveyed the divine fruitfulness of the father to mary and this virginal soil brought forth in an ineffable manner our most loving savior jesus christ so archbishop martinez here is speaking of how the holy spirit works to reproduce christ in us and he goes on to say this is an article of the faith he was conceived by the holy spirit of the virgin mary well archbishop martinez says that is the way jesus is always conceived that is the way he is reproduced in souls by two artisans the holy spirit and the most holy virgin mary both must concur in 
the work that we speak of here, reproduce, reproducing the masterpiece, Jesus Christ, in souls. He says both the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary are necessary to souls, for they are the only ones who can reproduce Christ in us. And the Archbishop goes on to say that the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary sanctify us in different ways. The first is the sanctifier himself by essence. Okay? Who is the sanctifier by essence? Well, that is the Holy Spirit. Okay? He is called the sanctifier among the three persons. And he is sanctifier by essence, meaning his very being, because he is God, um, means he sanctifies us. And he is the sanctifier in the Holy Trinity. He is sent by the Father and the Son to um, make us holy, to bring the life of Christ in us, which begins at baptism. That life of Christ we call sanctifying grace. And once sanctifying grace is in our souls, God dwells in us. The divine indwelling, as we call it, accompanies sanctifying grace. So Archbishop Martinez says that the Holy Spirit, the sanctifier by essence because he is God, he is infinite sanctity. Okay? He is the personal love that completes, so to speak, the sanctity of God, consummating his life and his unity. Now, just to get back to the creed, you know, every week on Sunday we say the the Nicene Creed, uh, Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed, to be precise, and we we profess our belief that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit, um, from all eternity, proceeds from the mutual love of the Father and the Son. The Father eternally begets the Son. The Son is eternally begotten, and from that mutual love between the Father and the Son from all eternity without any beginning proceeds the Holy Spirit, who is the person of love in the Trinity, who you could say um, uh, returns that, that love that he receives and fructifies it within the inner life of the Trinity. And this is what Archbishop Martinez is talking about when he refers to the Holy Spirit as the personal love that completes the sanctity of God, consummating God's life and his unity. And then Archbishop Martinez speaks of the Virgin Mary's work in forming Christ in us. He says the Virgin Mary is the cooperator the indispensable instruments in and by God's design. From Mary's maternal relation to the human body of Christ is derived her relation to his mystical body, which is being formed through all the centuries until the end of time. What the Archbishop is saying here, a very important teaching is that 
in God's plan because Mary formed the human body of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. She has a relationship with Christ's mystical body, the church. Jesus is the head. Well, she helps to form the head by in, in and through the Holy Spirit. She also forms the members of the mystical body of Christ, that is us. And Archbishop Martinez goes on to say that these two, the Holy Spirit and Mary, are the indispensable artisans of Jesus, the indispensable sanctifiers of souls. Any saint in heaven can cooperate in the sanctification of the soul, says the archbishop, but his cooperation is not necessary. However, the cooperation of these two artisans, that is the Holy Spirit and Mary, is so necessary that without it, souls are not sanctified in this by the actual design of God's providence. Okay. For the Holy Spirit pours charity into our heart, makes us a habitation of the soul, of our soul, I should say, and directs our spiritual life by means of his gifts. And the Virgin Mary has the efficacious influence of mediatrix, and <clears throat> she operates and, and mediates grace in our souls. Finally, the Archbishop Martina says, the action of the Holy Spirit and the cooperation of the Most Holy Virgin Mary are constant. Without them, not one single character of Jesus would be traced in our souls. No virtue would grow, no gift would be developed, no grace would increase. So, what does that mean for us, practically speaking? Uh, I don't know if Angela is listening. I would ask the question if Angela, if you're out there, if you're listening. Um, I'm listening, um, Father. Right I'm now. listening. Hi, Father. Yes, Angela. I was I just uh, put out a question. Uh, you know, um, for the audience, and, and since you're the only live one available. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that can answer this question. Um, you know, Archbishop Martinez in his, his book, um, Devotion, True Devotion to the Holy Spirit, speaking of how the Holy Spirit, Mary, you know, generate and form Christ in souls, that uh, the Archbishop says that, you know, without these two uh, artisans, the Holy Spirit and Mary, no virtue would grow, no gift would be developed, no grace would increase. So practically speaking, what does this mean for us? What do you think it means in regard to Mary? What do you think in regard to devotion to her? Is it, I'll just say this, is it optional or necessary? Oh, <laughs> thanks for helping me. It is necessary to get to heaven. But you know, Father, I, yes. I, I have a question for, about that though. So does it have to be intentional? Well, um, the truth is that Mary cooperates with the Holy Spirit 
in mediating all the grace of Christ to us, okay? Bringing virtues to us, um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, forming Christ in our souls. And that happens whether or not we realize it. Right. That's what I mean by, by um, devotion being necessary. Uh, if someone doesn't believe this, you know, our Protestant brethren, they, they don't believe that Mary really has any, any um, uh, role in our spiritual lives now in heaven. Okay. <clears throat> well, the truth is that she does. So this is why it is, is necessary we have a devotion to her, because Mary will be able to more efficaciously um, form Christ in us if we are intentional about it and we know that she is involved in this process of sanctification, being the living human instrument, you could say, of the Holy Spirit. So um, knowing that uh, and, and appealing to Mary, having devotion to her, uh, will result in um, a greater sanctity, a greater likeness of Christ formed in our souls because uh, we, are, we are intentionally and consciously uh, you know, cooperating with God's plan. He didn't have to do it this way, okay? But he did it this way. This is the importance of Mary in our spiritual lives whether we realize it or not. I hope, does that answer your question? Very well, yes. Okay. And actually, St. Louis de Montfort, in his beautiful treatise on the true devotion to the Blessed Virgin, he calls devotion to Mary a hypothetical necessity. Um, in other words, um, uh, because God has deigned that this be the plan for the sanctification of the human race, for grace coming to us, well then, it's necessary that we go along with God's plan. Now, if people are ignorant of this, you know, that's, um, Mary is going to operate whether they know it or not, but how much greater will she, you know, fly to our assistance and help us if we know this? And this is the point of the work of St. Louis de Montfort and Archbishop Luis Martinez in his beautiful work, um, True Devotion to the Holy Spirit. But I see we're, we're coming up on about 20 minutes here into yes. our show, and I, I'd like to take a little break. Um, I will do so today. How about we take a, just a, a short break and return in a couple of minutes, okay? Here we go, Father. Thank you. We'll take a break now. Hello, I'm Sister Marie Julie. I've been a Sister of Charity for 50 wonderful years. It's by the grace of God that I'm a sister. And I often listen to Catholic Radio. And I, I feel that it feeds the hunger of the world. There are so many people who are longing for God, yearning for Him, don't realize where the emptiness comes from or where it's going, and Catholic Radio can help to meet that need. 
WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at WSFIRadio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Hello, this is Father Dwight Campbell, back with our second segment of this Marian Hour on this day before Thanksgiving. And for those of you who just joined us, uh, I've returned to a topic that I was discussing a couple of weeks back on the previous show, uh, how the Blessed Virgin Mary, um, in union with cooperating with the Holy Spirit, generates and forms Christ in souls. And just to repeat what I said a couple of weeks ago and at the beginning of today's show, um, I'll quote from the Catechism, number 501, which quotes from Lumen Gentium 63, the Constitution on the Church of the Second Vatican Council. Quote, The Son, whom Mary brought forth, is he whom God placed as the firstborn among many brethren, that is, the faithful, in whose generation and formation she, that is, Mary, cooperates with a mother's love. So, this important teaching, which I I think many Catholics are really not fully aware of, if at all, uh, how important Mary is in our spiritual lives. The goal of the spiritual life to form Christ in us, to become other Christs, as St. Paul says. And Mary is the one cooperating with the Holy Spirit who generates and forms and educates Christ in us. I a couple of weeks ago, quoted from St. Louis de Montfort's True Devotion, in which he says this. In the first segment, I was quoting from um, Archbishop Luis Martinez, the former Archbishop of Mexico City, who, in his book, uh, El Espiritu Santo, the Holy Spirit, it's translated into English under the title True Devotion to the Holy Spirit, available from Sophia Press, Archbishop Martinez uh, basically says the same thing. And I'd like to, in in this segment of the Marian Hour, uh, continue on this topic and quote from another author who says the same thing. And he's one of my favorites. Um, His name is St. Peter Julian Amard. 
And St. Peter Julian Aimbard is called the saint of the Eucharist. When <clears throat> um, he was uh, canonized a saint by Paul VI, uh, he used that title for his canonization. He founded the Blessed Sacrament Fathers, and um, his works have been published by the Blessed Sacrament Fathers. In fact, I, there's a, a critical edition out of St. Peter Julian Amard's works, and uh, I'm not sure if the English translation of the critical edition is finished, but the Blessed Sacrament Fathers um, have available a previous English translation, nine volumes. It's called the Amard Library, E-Y-M-A-R-D. St. Peter Julian Amard, E-Y-M-A-R-D. And if you want to learn about the great, the great mystery of, of the Eucharist, the Mysterium Fidei, the mystery of our faith, as uh, it is called, in fact, Pope Paul VI, St. Paul VI wrote an encyclical on this, with that topic, okay, read St. Peter Julian Amard. And uh, St. Peter Julian uh, in one of, well, the Amard Library, nine volumes of, of his works are actually the talks that he gave to his congregation, the Blessed Sacrament Fathers, also the, the, the women religious in his congregation. And um, these have been com compiled under, um, under, under various topics, you could say. And... Um, in, in one of the volumes, um, St. Peter Julian Amard um, is speaking about the Eucharist in, 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 in the work, one of the volumes published by the Blessed Sacrament, Sacrament Fathers. It's called In the Light of the Monstrance. And um, in chapter 8 of, of that volume, um, Mary and the Christian Life is the title of the talk. And this is what St. Peter Julian Amard says, that um, in entrusting St. John, the beloved disciple, to Mary, which Jesus did at, at, on Calvary, you know, both were at the foot of the cross. This is in John's Gospel, chapter 19, verses 26 to 27. Uh, St. Peter Julian Amard calls this our Lord's last bequest. Okay. Um, before he dies, he makes a final bequest, like a last will and testament. Okay. And I'll quote St. Peter Julian, his words here. He says, Mary's mission will henceforth be to superintend our Christian education. Mary will bring down the virtues of Jesus to our level. She will, as only a mother can, make them amiable and easy to imitate. How amiable and easy to copy will his virtues become when presented by Mary. Mary's task, then, will be in conceiving forming and perfecting Jesus in us. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, that's um, 
you know, he he draws from St. John's Gospel, this this moving scene of, of Mary at the foot of the cross, her heart pierced with sorrow, um, and Jesus, you know, speaks the words to uh, first Mary and then and then to John. He says to Mary, "Behold, uh, your son," and then to the apostle Saint John, who was not Mary's natural son, "Behold, your mother." And here, Saint Peter Julian Amard refers to these words of our Lord as as Christ's last bequest. And he fleshes out the meaning of this, that in the plan of Jesus, Mary will bring his virtues into, into us, down to our level, as only a mother can, okay? Because uh, any mother, what does a mother do? She, she forms and educates her children. And this is why St. Peter Julian says that Mary's task will be conceiving, forming, perfecting Jesus, her son, in us. Okay? Because remember, we're members of his, his mystical body. And I'll quote again from St. Peter Julian, Amard. He says on the same theme, I quote, Mary conceives Jesus in us, she presents him to us. The Father, God the Father, entrusted her with his Son, that she might give him to us. The world was not worthy to receive the word directly from God. A beautiful thought. St. Louis de Montfort says the same thing. I wonder if if St. Peter Julian Amard um, lifted this from St. Louis de Montfort, but St. Louis de Montfort says this in his true devotion, that, that the world, all of us, were not worthy to receive the word of God directly from God, that God chose Mary to bring Jesus to us. While St. Peter Julian Amar goes on to say, <clears throat> Mary is still our mediatrix, just as she was in the Incarnation. No one, says Peter Julian, becomes acquainted with Jesus but through the prayers of Mary. So this is very important too. St. Peter Julian Amard stressing to us that we can't come to know Jesus really but through Mary and her prayers and her motherly intercession. Now, think about this. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Jesus better than anyone. Okay. Well, it's the Blessed Virgin Mary, you know, apart from, from God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Okay, But who knows Jesus better than anyone? It's the Blessed Virgin Mary. She conceived him. She, she gave birth to him. She uh, formed him in a human way, his human heart, okay, along with St. Joseph. But Mary uh, watched the life of Jesus unfold before her eyes and no one no one knows Christ and can educate us in Christ like Mary and as the Second Vatican Council says I quoted that at the beginning of this this uh, 
Mary an hour today, that Mary did not leave aside this saving role uh, when she went up to heaven. She continues with the saving role as our motherly mediatrix in the order of grace. And so if we want to learn about Jesus, we go to Mary. You want to learn about the Son, go to the Mother. Okay? <clears throat> and St. Peter Julian says her mission is to give Jesus to us. We must receive him from her hands. Okay, This is not because God had to do it this way, once again, no, but because God chose to do it this way. And I'll continue here with St. Peter Julian Amard. Once again, this is from his, uh, his work from the Amard Library, um, In the Light of the Monstrance. That's the volume. It's from Chapter 8, Mary and the Christian Life. Okay. St. Peter Julian says, Jesus will grow, or you could say be formed, in us through Mary. All the graces of spiritual progress will come to us only through her. Jesus grew at Nazareth under her maternal guidance. He wants to grow in us in the same manner. So, um, again, this is so biblical, um, rooted in the Gospels. We see, you know, as I was saying before, you know, Mary formed Jesus as a little boy, his part of his, you know, his human human character. He was truly man as well as God. Her maternal guidance was instrumental in this, and um, well, God wants us to grow in the same manner, and Mary will do this. This is what her spiritual motherhood means. And if if we want to come to know Jesus and to be formed in the likeness of him, we go to Mary. And <clears throat> um, St. Peter Julian says, you know, in answer to Mary's prayer, Jesus strengthened the faith of his disciples at Cana. And on the cross, he solemnly entrusted her with our education. Okay. So if we realize this, we will act upon it. And we will entrust ourselves to Mary. We will consecrate ourselves to her as our mother, as our queen. And entrusting ourselves to her, our, our spiritual lives to her, that she may form Christ in us, help us to know Jesus, to, to not only know his virtues, but to, to live them, to put them into practice. Okay. And this is what a mother does, this is what Mary does. And I'll continue with St. Peter Julian Amard here. Um, finally, <clears throat> he says, Mary will perfect Jesus in us. The perfecting of Jesus in us is, St. Peter Julian says, the special mission of the Holy Ghost. But just as the spirit of love willed to fashion his masterpiece, the sacred humanity of Jesus, the assistance of Mary, he requires her cooperation to fix in us the perfect image 
of the Savior to transform us into other Christs. And then he says, the more he finds Mary in a soul, the more powerfully he acts therein. Well, this is, you could, these are the same words of St. Louis de Montfort. Um, he says, the more the Holy Spirit finds Mary in a soul, the more powerfully he acts in that soul. And you can see how all the saints think alike here. They're, they're all on the same wavelength, you could say, um, because they, they all have, um, you could say, drank deeply of the spirituality of the Church throughout the ages, passed down through sacred tradition, drawn from the scriptures, and they think alike. So, if, if uh, we want Jesus to be perfected in us, we go to Mary. Okay? Now, we realize that perfection of Christ in us is the special mission of the Holy Spirit. However, the Holy Spirit fashioned his masterpiece, Jesus, in Mary, and he will continue through to the end of time to fashion Jesus in us through Mary. This is what St. Louis says, this is what Archbishop Martinez says, and this is what St. Peter Julian Amart says, and this is what the Catholic Church teaches, okay? This is, this is why I'll read it again, okay? The words of the Second Vatican Council, quoted in the Catechism, number 501, the Son whom she brought forth is he whom God placed as the firstborn among many brethren, that is, the faithful, in whose generation and formation she mary cooperates with a mother's love okay well if we know this then we have to act upon it and um, we'll act upon it by by entrusting ourselves to mary going to her with all our needs asking her to help us to become more christ-like okay this is uh, uh, living out of our total consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary, which St. Louis de Montfort recommends. Okay, so... Um, Father, before we take now, a break, may I ask you a question? Yes. What are the characteristics of Mary that the Holy Spirit finds most attractive? Well, her, her virtues. In fact, St. Louis de Montfort speaks about her, her ten great virtues. Okay. And these are her, her uh, unshakable faith, her deep humility, her um, uh, constant contemplation, okay, um, her her you know great meekness and, and gentleness. I mean, he 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 goes through this whole list of virtues. Mary is is the perfect um, reflection of of Jesus Christ. So. You know whatever virtues we see in Christ, because that's um, the virtues of Jesus are are to an infinite degree. We see Mary uh, reflecting these in in a in a near infinite degree. This is what the saints tell us that Mary is an infinite, but she's about as close to infinity as one can get. So, um, and this is what she means in the Magnificat, right? Mm -hmm. My soul doth magnify the Lord. 
In fact, we look at Mary, and she's she's like a not only like a mirror, but like a magnifying glass. Okay, mm-hmm. if we want to see the virtues of of Christ, and um, you know the gifts and and graces of the Holy Spirit, we we look to her and we we study her, and this is why Saint Louis, um, you know, spends a good amount of his great work on the true devotion in discussing the virtues of the Virgin Mary. And uh, these are, again, just reflections of the virtues of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I, I think we have to take a break at this time, right? Yes, uh, indeed. For our, before just... our last segment. Yes. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Hello, this is Father Dwight Campbell. I am back for the third and last segments of this Marian Hour on this day before Thanksgiving. And um, I now Angela knows this, but but you, the listening audience, don't know this that I am uh, doing my show today long distance. You could speak. I am in Denmark, <laughs> uh, not Denmark, the country, but Denmark. Wisconsin. Uh, it's up by Green Bay, a little bit um, east of, of Green Bay. And there's a Carmelite monastery here, a uh, beautiful monastery. It's like a medieval monastery built up on a, on a hill. And I've been making retreats here for a number of years. And uh, the monastery here in Denmark is just down the road a piece from Champion, Wisconsin. And in Champion, Wisconsin, there is uh, a shrine dedicated to Our Lady of Good Help. And um, we're coming up, I'll I'll say that I I visited uh, earlier today, this morning, early afternoon, the shrine of Our Lady of Good Help, Uh, said some prayers there, and I'll I'll speak uh, for the last segment of my Marian Hour today on the, the apparition, um, apparitions of Our Lady uh, to Adele Breeze. She was a, a Belgian immigrant. This is back in the late 1800s. She um, came to this country and 
our, our Lady appeared to Adele Brees three times in October of 1859. The first appearance took place while she was carrying a sack of wheat to uh, a mill about four miles from, from Robinsonville, which is now known as Champion, Wisconsin. And uh, a few days later, on October 9th, uh, she was walking to Mass uh, to um, Bay Settlement, about 11 miles from her home, and Mary appeared to her again. And after Mass, Adele told the pastor what she had seen, and he told her uh, to go ask in God's name who it was that um, was appearing to her and what it desired of her, okay? Kind of like what the priest told Bernadette Subaru, you know, uh, well, ask, ask the woman who, who it is, uh, who are you? And, and she did, and that's when Mary said the Immaculate Conception. Well, on the way home from Bay Settlement, from Mass that day, Mary appeared to Adele Brees again, and when Adele asked who she was, Mary responded with these words, I am the Queen of Heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners, and I wish you to do the same. And then she told Adele to gather the children in this wild country, this was, you know, late 1800s, um, in eastern Wisconsin, uh, gather the children in this wild country, teach them what they should know for salvation. Teach them their catechism, Mary said, how to sign themselves with the sign of the cross, how to approach the sacraments. And Adele, in obedience to Mary's instruction, okay, devoted the rest of her life to teaching children. In fact, she began a community of Third Order Sisters and built a, a school next to the shrine. And uh, her father, Adele Brees' father, Lambert, built a small chapel near the spot of the apparitions, and um, a brick chapel was built in the 1880s. Um, uh, the trees where Mary appeared were cut down, and the chapel's altar was placed on that very spot. Okay, um, I'm, I'm happy to announce I, I picked up a, a newspaper of, of news on the shrine today when I was there, and um, this is actually this year's newsletter from, from April of this year, and coming up on December 8th is the 10th anniversary of the apparition being declared uh, authentic by, by Bishop David Ricken. Back on December 8th of, of 2010, he approved in a, in a formal way the authenticity of, of Mary's apparitions to Adele Brees. And Bishop Ricken said in his homily that day, and I'll quote him here, Mary always leads us to Jesus. She is the mother of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, she is probably the greatest evangelist and catechist who ever lived. She has been sent out all these years since Christ's death and resurrection to proclaim the good news. Okay. 
So what Bishop Rickon was saying here was Mary, uh, and, and the, the saints tell us this, that Mary was the greatest catechist. Mary helped to form the apostles in a knowledge of Jesus Christ. In fact, she gave them um, facts about Christ's conception and birth. She she did so with St. Luke, especially in his, in his infancy narratives, the first two chapters of his gospel. And Mary still, to this day, has has an interest in catechizing her children, all of us. And this was the mission that Mary gave to Adele Brees, to, to go and catechize these people who, are, who don't even know how to make the sign of the cross, teach them how to do this, teach them about the sacraments. And Adele Brees continued to do so for the rest of her life. And this decree of the authenticity of the apparitions by Bishop Ricken, again, this was December 8th, 2000 of 2010, um, that came nearly two years after Bishop Ricken had opened a formal investigation into the apparitions. And um, in fact, on January 9th of 2009, shortly after he opened the, the investigation, he appointed three theologians to study the history of the alleged apparitions. And um, and then he proclaimed their authenticity on December 8th of 2010. So if you can make it up here on December 8th of, of this year, they will be having a celebration, uh, the 10 years anniversary of the um, Apparition Declaration of Authenticity by, by Bishop Ricken. And um, uh, Adele Brees, she died... Uh, on July 5th, 1896, after leading a very holy life. I'll, I'll say something else about, if, if you would come up here to the apparition site um, in Champion, Wisconsin, um, they have a new uh, back altar in the, at the apparition chapel. And it's beautiful. I, I noticed it as soon as I walked into the chapel today. Um, that um, chapel was was pardon me the the uh, altar in in the chapel was uh, not newly built. It was actually came from a church in New York. It's about a century old. It's a it's a Gothic style altar, but it looks like it was built just for the chapel. It's a perfect fit. I think Our Lady. Uh, interceded for for um, the those who who care for the shrine the, the, the fathers of mercy care for the shrine and all those who help promote it I think she interceded in getting this this beautiful altar this back altar um, its availability for for the chapel and um, I'm reading an article here that speaks about the, the back altar. The total cost was only $9,500. They asked a, a local carpenter, what would it cost today to make this altar from scratch? And he said if, about 100000 So it was you know, a, a blessing monetarily, too, that they were able to get the altar here, and uh, they brought it in pieces, they assembled it, and it, it just looks spectacular. Um, there are... Um, um, on the two sides of the altar, two 
to pedestals with adoring angels, as is customary. Uh, there's a beautiful image of Our, Our Lady uh, of, of Good Help, uh, Queen of Heaven. Uh, it sits in, in above the tabernacle. Uh, beneath that is a crucifix, and I, I guess uh, somewhat unique. There's a feature. There's a uh, there's a turnstile that holds the crucifix, so you can you can turn it around. Okay, and um, but it's just just beautiful. Six panels on the high altar. If you have been here before, uh, I think you'll you'll notice when you walk into the chapel uh, this this beautiful new back altar. And uh, one more thing about the uh, shrine of um, Our Lady of Good Help here. The shrine itself and and the chapel were preserved in 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 a great fire that took place. It was called the Peshtigal Fire back in October October eighth of eighteen seventy one. The um, Chicago Fire took place that same day, uh, four square miles. It killed about two hundred fifty people. But that's what got all the news. What didn't get all the news was a much greater fire, a much horrific fire. Um, it destroyed 2,400 square miles, not just four square miles like the Chicago fire, but 2,400 square miles, roughly the size of the state of Delaware, and it killed 1,500 to 2,500 people. The records are, are really not clear. and. Uh, why did this fire break out? Well, there had been a drought uh, that year up in around the Green Bay area for many months, and uh, the local uh, creeks had dried up, the marshes had dried up, and the farmers actually were were um, you know clearing fields, and sometimes they would do this with fires. Well, um, these prairie fires resulted, and um, I'm quoting here from an article about this. Uh, it says, Nothing can describe the horror of the firestorm that hit, including fire tornadoes. I mean, these uh, the winds were blowing and like tornadoes, whirlwinds, uh, sounding like freight trains. The fire was so intense it had the power of a thermonuclear bomb and temperatures so high that people were cremated as they fled. Think of that, that the fiery furnace that uh, the three um, you know, companions of, of uh, the prophet Daniel were thrown in with. You know. uh, this fire was just, just horrific. And uh, the, the pastor at a local parish, Father Peter Pernin, uh, he, he managed to save the tabernacle from his church, but Adele Brees at the chapel at the shrine and her companions uh, knew they couldn't escape the fire, so they took up the statue of Mary, they, they bored in procession on the grounds, and they um, were joined by local people, and they processed on their knees praying the rosary. And the flames never consumed the chapel. I mean, they were spared miraculously. And um, the, the account reads that by morning, all the houses, the fences in the neighborhood had been burned with the exception of the school and the chapel 
and the fence that surrounded the, the six acres of land consecrated to the Blessed Virgin. So this was wow. really a, you know, a miracle of, of this shrine of Our Lady being preserved from this horrific fire that, again, was um, you know, just the, burned um, an area of, the, of the, the size of the state of Delaware and, and yet um, you know, spared uh, the, the good people here and the shrine, which our, our Lady wanted to be venerated at. And once again, um, just to encourage you to come up if, if you if you have the ability, it's only oh maybe two and a half hours north of Chicago. The Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help, just east of Green Bay, Wisconsin, in Champion, Wisconsin. December eighth is going to be the tenth anniversary of the the declaration of the authentic authenticity of the apparitions of Our Lady to. Adele Brees. Okay. So beautiful. Father, do they uh, the still have that? Do they still have downstairs? There was a, um, I think it was a statue of the Blessed Mother, and people go around it on their knees. Um, well, there's, there's, yeah, a statue downstairs, In yes. The crypt, it's kind of a crypt. Um, yeah, beneath. Yes. And we went, we went up with the Legion of Mary and Father O'Malley, and he went around that whole area. He had us go around that whole area on our knees. Oh, okay. Yeah, Very I guess good. It's, yes. So if yeah. they go, if people yeah, go up in fact, there, <laughs> in fact, just just behind the, the the statue of Our Lady is um, is uh, a little uh, set of, of of relics. There's a relic of uh, Faustina and a relic of of uh, of um, Mother Teresa. Oh, okay. how beautiful! Well, Father, we're coming up to three o'clock. Would you like to give us your priestly ah. blessing? Certainly, certainly. Um, well. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Our Lady of Good Help, may Almighty God bless you and keep you close to the heart of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to being back with you in another two weeks for the Marian Hour. And thank you, Father, for being so faithful, calling us while, away while you're on your retreat. So have a blessed Thanksgiving, Father. God bless you. And thanksgiving to, to you and, and all of our listeners as well. You have been listening to The Marian Hour with Father Dwight Campbell. For a free copy of this recording, please visit us at WSFIPodbean.com.